Brought to you by Penguin. Hello and welcome to this very special drop of the Penguin podcast. If you are somebody who would like to write and maybe get that writing in a book in somebody's real, real hands, this is the episode for you. We're going to be doing a really big deep dive into how the whole process works. What is an agent? How do I get published? What even is writing? Who am I? We're going to find out some of that today. And we are joined by some really, really special guests. Derek Wusu is the author of That Reminds Me, which was published in 2019 to huge acclaim. I was looking at the kind of quotes you got for your book and I was just like, this is a roster of all the most incredible writers in Britain at the moment. Um, we've got Crystal, who is his agent. Hi, Crystal. Hi, <laughs> nice to be here. And at the end, we've got Tom, who is the editor of the book. So we've got the three stages of the process. I'm going to be quizzing everybody on their part in what made this book real, important, amazing. And we're going to be getting down to some of the mysteries that are behind the, the curtain of publishing. Because it's kind of a confusing process, right? If on the outside, before any of you kind of worked in publishing or got published, it's it's a bit of a weird system. I'm it's guessing. still confusing. It's still you're still like you're like I'm not really sure what happened. Um, Derek, let's start off with you. Um, tell me a little bit about the idea for the book, how it got started, and uh, how you started writing it. Because it's kind of it's even scary to just put pen to paper sometimes. I think. Yeah, it is, and I think um, the good thing about the book when I started writing it, when I started writing it, kind of like as poetry as vignettes, is that I wasn't thinking about getting it published. I wasn't thinking about any of that. I wasn't thinking about audience or anything. I was kind of writing it for me and to try and get a better understanding of me and where I was mentally at the time. Mm. And I was just kind of having fun. I just felt like I could do whatever I wanted, writing it whatever way I wanted to, include whatever I wanted. So that's what I was doing. And then um, I was actually just in Tom's office and we were just talking about a podcast. I can't remember what the podcast is called, but it basically takes rap albums and breaks them down. What's it called, Tom? Dissect. Dissect, yeah. We're talking about Dissect and talking about Kendrick Lamar's new album. And then, because we were talking about podcasts, I mentioned, oh, I might be doing a podcast with my little brother. And Tom really liked the idea. And he was like, oh, we should try and turn this into a book sort of thing. And then that's when I first was like, oh, book. Oh, yeah, I'm writing some poetry stuff at the moment as well. And he was like, okay, just, you know, just kind of send it to me Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And then I ended up going to meet queer who was Stormzy's manager. This was maybe like a year after Murky Books got launched and they published two books at that point. And I sent her some of the poetry and she was like, oh yeah, it's great. She was like, we want to publish nonfiction, but we've already done two nonfiction books already. So we maybe we can just kind of lead with what you're writing, the poetry thing you're writing. And yeah, and that's that's how, I guess that's how it all happened. I think, you know, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Stormzy's manager liked what I was writing as well. The perspective, because writing from a Ghanaian working class perspective, She's a working class Ghanaian as well. So obviously it resonated with her in, in that sense. And that's how it all started, really. Yeah. And that's really cool that they were kind of also a bit part of the creative process. And they were just like, how about you do this? And yeah, they yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, were yeah. encouraging you along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, it started off as like a poetry collection and very tied to music, television and, and movies and stuff. And Tom was just kind of like, I'm not sure if it's working because some of the titles are so loosely connected to the actual text. And, you know, he was like, let's maybe just try and, you know, reframe it, restructure it and whatnot. And obviously when I write, there's always like a narrative arc to it, even when I'm writing poetry. Mm. So I wasn't, I wasn't even really aware of novels in verses at the time. It wasn't really something that I thought about or anything like that. And then Tom kind of put the idea to me, sneakily, (laughs) put the idea to me. Um, 
at first I was resistant to it, but in the end it comes down to kind of like trust your editor. They know what they're talking about because obviously it worked, you know, yeah. turning it into a novel in verse. But yeah, yeah, the editing process was good. You know, um, Tom was asking me questions about things that he may not understand, cultural differences and things like that. So he's asking, not just crossing it out like <laughs> as, as some editors do. So yeah, the editing process was really cool, you know, and because I was working at Penguin at the time, part-time, I was able to kind of just like pop up in his office like, hey, Tom, I have a question about the edits or <laughs> or whatever. So yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And it sounds as well like I think some people are like, they think of a novel as like, I've got right the beginning, the middle and the end. And when I send it off to like professionals, it has to be completely polished and perfect. And I actually think that from what you're saying and a lot of other people I've heard from, you're coming as a creative to other creative people and being like, this is the work that I've got. Help me like refine it and make it the best that it can yeah, be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you get stuck. So, I mean, to be honest, when I gave the first draft to Tom, I edited it a lot. Mm. You know, I used to sneak into the Penguin offices, print it off and turn it into like a little booklet for myself and then sit on the train and edit that booklet, put the edits on the computer, then print off another version. I did that about 20 times oh and I just kept going and going and going and going. But the difference is with poetry, the edits are lighter than they would be if it was kind of like a full-length, you know, proper novel. It's, it's quite a different process. It's just for the editor to kind of tease out the emotion like what are you trying to say do you know what I mean am I feeling what you're trying to say you know some it's not always focused on the words used more what you're trying to convey do you have like any idea in your head of like how long the book took to write because I know like some people take like 10 years some people take like three weeks like where do you fall on that spectrum I think altogether it took me about a year to finish me doing all of the drafts and stuff mm -hmm. and then it was like nine months to a year of editing yeah but maybe nine months so altogether, maybe about two years to complete the book. So the book was finished. But yeah, I mean, yeah, different people take different times. And a lot of times I think writers kind of obscure the truth. They say, I've been writing this for 10 years and they haven't been writing it for 10 years. Mm. They've been on and off writing it for 10 years. You know, maybe sneaking an hour here or an hour yeah. there and life just gets in the way. When people hear 10 years, they think they've been in their writing shack every single day non-stop writing about and that's just not what they're doing. You need doing. a clock in, clock out yeah, card exactly. so we can get some real figures. Exactly. I think that, that scares a lot of yeah, debuts and young writers because they think, oh my God, my entire life has to revolve around this book and it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. So as like a kind of first time author, when the book actually came out and it was in people's hands and they were reading it, like how did you feel? Did you do like anything extra because you were like a new author? Was there anything like interesting about that part of it? You know what? When the book actually came out, I didn't feel anything. The moment when I actually felt excited and like, oh my God, this is amazing, is when I saw the book listed on Amazon for the first time. That's when I thought, oh my God, this is real. Like, yeah. this book is actually coming out. And then everything after was, yeah, it was anticlimactic compared to, to that moment. But um, I don't know, did I do anything different? I mean, I went around to like loads of independent bookshops and was just kind of like signing their stock and taking pictures with them and stuff like that. Because it was really exciting. It was fun. I mean, unfortunately, because the book came out in November 2019, four months later, it was, it was COVID yeah. uh, lockdown. Do you know what I mean? So I didn't get to go to like festivals and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I did a lot of like, you know, Zoom, mm -hmm. Zoom festivals and stuff like that. But yeah, it was still fun. It was still nice. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cool. And I think independent booksellers, they're the people. <laughs> They've got the power. They'll hand sell it for you. They're the, yeah, they're yeah, the people yeah. to know. They're yeah, really... this is it. But the thing is, I was just going there because I was so excited. Yeah. And I just wanted to see my book in those shops. Do you know what I mean? Crystal. 
Your job is one that I think I get the most questions about when people ask me about publishing and stuff because it's elusive but so vital part of the process. Like without agents, we'd all be screwed. Um, tell me a little bit about somebody who doesn't know that much about literary agents. What is it that you do? Mm-hmm. I'm just still trying to figure that out myself. But um, <laughs> no, I think there's a couple of parts to being an agent. There's supporting authors in terms of creative development. So before it gets to publishers, doing that editorial work, whether that's kind of, and not necessarily line edits at all, but just thinking bigger picture, structurally, thematically, in terms of actually submitting to editors, I think an agent should really be thinking in a way that an author shouldn't, an author should just be creating. I think an agent should be thinking, how are we going to position this to a publisher to help them understand how they can position this in the market? And then that will inform kind of advances and marketing strategies And I think as an agent, it's very much your job to do a lot of that strategic commercial thinking to allow the author just to concentrate on the creative. So there's that. I think emotional support is really important because I think with creatives you know when they're writing it's like their heart and their soul on the page and I think it takes so much courage and I always have so much respect for authors and writers because to kind of make yourself so vulnerable and put your art out there essentially for everyone to judge and have an opinion on is kind of a very bold but also a very vulnerable position to put yourself in so I think as an agent it's really important to offer that emotional support alongside the creative support and then the money you know <laughs> the the business end of it yeah. that getting the right deal getting the best deal and I say the money but honestly I don't think the best deal is always the biggest advance when Derek was talking he was saying you know that editorial relationship and being able to trust your editor and being able to know that they believe in your work and they will both trust in you but also help you be a better version of yourself for me as an agent that is crucial in when thinking about which is the best editor or imprint or house So I think it's very varied. I think there's multiple aspects of it. But essentially, for me, I always see it as creative support, emotional support, and then commercial support. So if somebody who was a writer and had like a book they were really excited about, how would they go around finding a crystal? (laughs) How how would they find the right agent for them? And how would they even start that process? Yeah, I think um, it's really important to speak to as many agents as possible, because I think you said it, how do you find the right agent? And I think where writers might write different types of books, and therefore have different editors or different publishers, I think what you really want to do as a writer is find an agent who you can build a long-term relationship with and have them by your side from the beginning and throughout your career. So I think finding the right agent is very, very important. And to do that, you need to speak to as many as possible. If you know nothing, where do you start? Well, I think that art is an author's yearbook is a good place. It this kind of all agents and publishers. I also think like think about your favourite books and then go into a bookshop and just look at the acknowledgements page and see who agented that book um if the author's not acknowledged their agent you probably don't want to be represented by that agent (laughs) (laughs) um so just speaking to other writers I think you know forums social media is so good now because it's more accessible to kind of connect with writers even connect with agents you know people get in touch with me all the time kind of via social media so do your research think about authors that you love and who might be representing 
in them or even the authors you love but books that might be similar or have a similar audience to you and then speak to as many people as possible I think yeah that makes sense how did it feel when you read Derek's book for the first time and, and how does that how, what <laughs> compliments only please yes. um, and and also like with books like Derek's how do you know like right this is a book I want to take on this is a book that's gonna be in the shops I can tell I think like it's a very instinctive process and normally when I know I know there's no question like the first time I read that reminds me even though it was a very different iteration to what it eventually became you know it did start as a poetry book it just blew me away it was so breathtaking Derek's got such a distinct voice and such an original way of expressing and using words and language and imagery but then also a really unique perspective and when I say that obviously you know it's great to have people People who are working class, who are black men, who are, I think these are things that we don't have enough of in literature. But outside of any of that, just creatively, like he's got such a distinct original perspective in, in the way he sees the world and then expresses it. And it just immediately like took my heart, jumped out at me and it was like no question at all. And I think as an agent, I always need to feel that. It's never like, oh, maybe this will be good. I guess every agent's different, but me personally, I never see it as will this make money and is this commercially viable I think as an agent you have to really fight for your authors often and you can't do that with integrity if you don't 100% wholeheartedly believe in them so for me when I'm thinking about things that I want to take on it's just things that move me and you know there's no question about whether this is something one I want to work with but two want to see in the world and I think in that sense, like it was just a no-brainer to want to work with Derek. Yeah, definitely. It took a while though. I remember, <laughs> really? I re- yeah, no, I remember when I sent Crystal the manuscript, we were friends before. Yeah. And I, just, I sent it to Crystal, just come up some of the poems and it took like months. And then afterwards, she, when we met up the talk, she was like, I'm going to be honest with you Derek, I was scared to read it because you're my friend. And I didn't want it to be bad. <laughs> but after I read it, I was like, okay, <laughs> we're in safe grounds, you know. Yeah, that's very true. And I think the thing as an agent is you always have to be honest. And, you know, we were friends before, we are friends now, but that never interferes with the agent-author relationship. Because I think if it ever did, then I'm just not doing Derek's work or him justice as someone that I represent. So so that is true. But I would also say with Derek, like his idea of things taking long is not my <laughs> idea of things taking long. Like I'll get yeah. something in and if I haven't read it by the next morning, Derek feels like it's taking <laughs> long. I like that energy. Keep it yeah. up. <laughs> No time like the present. Um, and your role with relation to Tom, you're you're the kind of advocate that goes between the publishing house and the author. How does that process work and does it change depending on the book? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm the fun in Tom's side. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the thing is about the relationship with the editors, it has to be a really strong relationship as well. And there are going to be times where I'm going to push for things and Tom's going to push back on things. And that's the nature of the agent-editor relationship. But it's always coming from a good place. And that goes back to early decision-making for me. It has to be with the right editor. It has to be with the right publisher. So that even when there are those things that you don't always agree on or, you know, you have that creative tension about that's welcome and positive because 
that's both of us caring so much about the book and Derek and his career that we want it to be the best it can be. And I think that that's very healthy. So yeah, I think I'm often a nuisance to a lot of agents, but I hope in the right way. And and I love that process as much as I love the process of working with authors. I love the process of working with editors. And, you know, that's not just about the creative and the writing, that's more about positioning and strategy and retailers and, you know, the rest of kind of publishing outside of just the writing element. And I really kind of enjoy those relationships and that process as well. And Tom, as your part of the process goes, there's so much to talk about. Tell us a little bit about your job in general. I think like, as Derek was saying, like I think a lot of people think like you're the person who scratches stuff out or asks to change the ending. That's people's impression of editors sometimes, or maybe it's about grammar or spelling, but it's much more than that, isn't it? And I know that also when you're acquiring a book for a specific imprint or a division, sometimes you have to think about that as well. Like tell us what your job encompasses. I mean, it's a lot. So Yeah, I've always thought of um, an editor's role as being sort of structured in three parts. So the first part is working with writers, developing ideas, acquiring and commissioning new titles, reading submissions, speaking to agents, all the development work that's required before you you get to the point where you know you want to take a book on, which is a huge part of the job. Um, lots of reading, lots of conversations. And as like Derek mentioned, you know, sometimes there's serendipity involved. And the next part, which is probably the part that's most familiar to a wider public is the actual editorial work. So taking a book from a manuscript to the kind of finished publication. And that can involve everything from sort of structural edits, conversations about characters and content and um, narrative arcs, and then through to kind of moving commas around, you know, the copy editing, proofreading stages where you're really just like fine tuning the manuscript. And then the third part is the publishing. So it's sort of working with the wider publishing team to kind of take the book to as wide an audience as possible. So those those are the kind of three main parts. But I suppose fundamentally it's working with an author to kind of understand their vision for a book and then and then working with them to try and realize that vision and just make sure it gets into the hands of as many readers as possible. Yeah, I suppose there's loads of trust involved there as well because you're kind of acting like the project manager and it's you've got to take into account like what you think is going to sell and also what everybody wants and what you guys were thinking about with the book as well. So it's a lot of responsibility, I guess. Yeah, and also I suppose editors often are thought to work in isolation. Like mm. I was one part of like a very big team and was lucky enough to kind of work with Derek on the text. But, you know, not only within Murky, but within like Penguin, more generally there was like a huge number of people who were there working with me on the book at every stage. And that includes sales, marketing, rights, publicity, production, really important design. And it's, yeah, that that kind of broader team that really ensures that a book succeeds. Yeah. And then um, when it comes to timings and stuff, like obviously once you've kind of done the deal with Crystal or an agent like that, how long is that process between having the acquisition and then the book actually ending up on people's shelves? It can vary. <laughs> it can vary. More often than not, you'd sort of want to have a good year between having like a kind of text in a relatively final state and publication, just in order to, you know, make sure that you can send copies out and do all the long lead marketing and publicity work you need to, to kind of gather the momentum ahead of publication. But it can be very quick. If the book demands it, there's a way to move at pace. But yeah, quite often, I think you just want to have enough time to make sure that you're publishing it in the proper way. And when it comes to those different decisions that have to be made, like, I know a lot of people wonder just stuff like, who decides on the cover? With this book in particular, but also just in general, like how does that kind of process work? I think what we always try and do is sort of develop a cover brief initially. Mm. So it's 
just kind of collecting ideas. And that process is done usually in collaboration with the author and an agent just to make sure that when we're briefing a designer, we're all agreed as to kind of what the general approach should be. There is quite a gap between like the cover brief going off and what you end up with, which I think is important and good because you obviously want the designer to read the text and respond and come up with their their own ideas. But yeah, generally speaking, I think you've got that kind of general agreement, like it might be photographic or illustrative. And then that's the kind of starting point. And then it hopefully makes the later stages a little bit easier. So something comes in and it's not like, oh my gosh, what's happened? And (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes that happens, not with David's book, of course. But I think like the very short answer to that question is ultimately the publisher decides. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, they've acquired the rights, they now are going to publish in the way that they see fit and ultimately the final decision is theirs. But of course, you hope to have the right publisher and a good editor and it's in everyone's interest that the author inputs and there's a collaborative process there. I think with covers though, it's interesting because the author's intention with the cover and the publisher's intention with the cover can sometimes be different. Essentially covers are sales tools, you know, they're there to act in a very specific way to sell the book. And that is what the publisher is and should be thinking about. Obviously, from an author's perspective, it's not just that and that's a part of it, but also it's a reflection of their work and their story and them as an author. So as an agent, I do feel that sometimes when it comes comes to cover design that can be a place that you really need to step in and and do that navigating and negotiating so that the publisher does have a really strong sales tool but then the author feels like it's reflective of their work. I I think I kind of got lucky as well with the cover because I remember before we even started having conversations about the cover I met up with Tom and I was just kind of like I want my cover to either look like the cover of Nas's Illmatic the album Mm -hmm. or Biggie Smalls is ready to die. Cover. Nice. Um, and he was just like, sounds good to me. So yeah. basically I, he took that kind of brief to the designers and stuff. And then we got the cover and I was, I was really happy with it. That's cool as well. Yeah. It wasn't just like kind of just looking at bookshops. You were like, no, actually album covers are also incredible bits of art. Yeah, no, and of like, course. You can yeah, be inspired yeah. by different stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And I suppose that also shows like how you've got to find the right agent and the right editor so you can trust them as well and be like, right, this is exactly. my vision. Exactly. <laughs> Make it happen. I feel like if I had taken that to a different editor, they might have just been like, Derek, what are you talking about? <laughs> but obviously because Tom listens to hip hop as well. So he was, he was just kind of like, okay, I, I see where you're going with this. And um, when it comes to like promoting the book and stuff, like how was that for you? And how much is like everybody else involved in that? Was it scary when it came out? And I mean, you know, the promo was really good. Before we even did anything, you know, I had a great publicist called Kate McQuaid. She sat me down and told me everything that was going to happen, everything they're going to try to make happen and everything that was unlikely to happen. You know, she was very honest with me. And she also gave me a brief and said, tell me everything that you don't want to talk about. You don't want to, you don't want brought up in interviews and stuff like that. And she was, she was amazing. Um, she was really good. So that made the whole publicity side of it very easy. You know, I knew what was coming in, things like that. And she was like, if I had any ideas, pitch them to her and then she'll try and make it happen and so on and so forth. So um, it was great. And, you know, because I'd been doing things with um, a podcast I was on before, Mostly Lit, we'd been doing like live events and stuff like that and interviewing authors and doing panels. It came naturally to me when I was doing it. It wasn't difficult. And if you could go back to like Derek 
2018, 2017, when that book was like a manuscript, what would you go back and tell him or like the kind of stuff that you might not have known about the publishing process that you wish you would have known? If I could go back, honestly, <laughs> I would tell myself, turn this into a long form novel. Oh, okay. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would do. It's difficult to say because, as you said, you know, the book has had some success and had some critical acclaim and stuff. But I feel like it's kind of positioned me in a weird place in literature because editors might be like, oh, is, is he a poet? Is he a novelist? Can he write us a novel? Is he a able to do it sort of thing? And like, I can do it all. Yeah, exactly. And I'd, I'd rather it be a lot more simple, like, yeah, he could do this for yeah. us. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I would I would say that to, to myself. Yeah. I mean, that might not have made it as unique as it is, though. I think there's something cool about That's the way, the point. thing that it's come. That's true. And, and I think also it's probably hard, like, as an artist, it's like, at some point, once it's actually in print, you can't go back and change it. Whereas, like, probably everyone's instinct is to go and tweak. Well, and, like, luckily for me, I actually was able to do that. Ooh. Yeah. When the hardback came out, I was editing the hardback when it came oh, out. <laughs> I read no, I know I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. And I, I remember begging Tom, like, can I just please make some changes? Please, please. Okay. And luckily he was like, you can make some minor tweaks to the text. <laughs> and I was like, cool, yeah. That's very nice of you. <laughs> Crystal, what would you say to anyone who's kind of thinking about finding an agent, thinking about getting published, anything that you'd want to tell them before they do it? Uh, yeah, it can be really scary and probably you're going to get a lot of rejections. You're going to find a lot of agents who just don't even reply to you. I think it can be a really disheartening process and it can feel quite inhuman when actually storytelling is all about humanity. And I think that that's very tough, but I think it's important to stick with it if this is your passion and to know that it's not personal. Probably your favourite authors or the most successful authors have been through this process that you've been through. They've been rejected, they've been ignored, they've been dismissed. And I think it's really important to know that this unfortunately can sometimes be part of the process, but stick to it, keep going, it's worth it. We're not, as agents, I promise, we're not all scary and evil and out to ignore you. And again, it's just about finding the right agent. And I think the people who don't see your value and don't see your talent, it's their loss and not yours. And also surround yourself by good people, you know, whether that's other authors, people in the publishing industry or even out of it. I think it's really important to have a strong, solid unit of cheerleaders around you because it can be tough. But I do also think it's worth it as well if that's your passion and what you can do because with the authors that I work with and with Derek I think as hard as it is it's also massively rewarding um, and you know just to talk on what Derek just said I can see why he would say write an, a long-form novel because it's easier but to your point Lena Actually, I wouldn't change anything about Derek's trajectory and the way he's kind of coming to, to being published because I think it is very unique and I think Derek can do a lot of things and he can create new genres and I think that's what's exciting for me about working with him. Often writers don't feel that they fit into one particular genre or positioning or audience but that's okay, like it might be harder but the whole point of creativity is creating new things and I think those are the voices that are really exciting and that's what makes Derek one of the most important British authors and voices at the moment because he's not afraid to distinctly be himself and come up with new genres and new ways of writing novels or poetry or both. 
Yeah, and I think also like maybe in a few years somebody will be pitching a book and they'll be like, I'm seeing it as a kind of like that reminds me kind of Derek Wusu kind That's of like already you know happening. I mean? Use that as, <laughs> as like something to as an example of like this is the kind of place I want it to sit in, which is like between Definitely. things. That's what's cool and about I'm it. already seeing that in submissions. That's a like huge really? reference point. So there yeah, you go. already making history. <laughs> Tom, is there anything that you'd say to new writers who are like wanting to see their books in bookshops? Like if you could tell them like one thing, what would it be? Well, I think that point Crystal made earlier about doing some research and having a look at books by your favourite writers and just see how it's been published, how it's been presented. I think that's really critical, having that sort of understanding about where your book could sit Mm. eventually. Also, I'd say, and this is something that I think came up quite a lot during the editing process with Derek, it's like just having faith and belief in your work Mm. as well. I think it's such a, a difficult process for authors and particular because it's not an easy industry to get into and I think just retaining that faith and belief is really critical and yeah be kind to your editors when they're suggesting lots of like tiny <laughs> grammatical errors and, and changes grace and patience yeah definitely and I guess like when you've said no to books or same probably same with you Crystal it's not always because like it's a bad book it's more because like right I'm not the right agent for this or this isn't the right imprint for this book or mm-hmm. it's you're trying to find that book's home as well I guess a bit definitely yeah uh, and and sometimes I absolutely love an author in a book, but I just know that I don't have the time at that current time to do it justice. And I think, you know, there's something to be said about not taking on so much that you can't do justice to the things that you are working on. And so sometimes it's really not personal. If it had come in at another time where I was less busy, I would love to work on that, but I just need to be honest about what's realistic. So... It will always seem personal. 99% of the time it won't be. Yeah, it's not you, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all so much for coming in and chatting to us about making books possible. Um, I really appreciate all your expertise and thoughts. And I know that everybody is going to be inspired, getting those pens out, writing those emails and um, throwing their writing out into the world. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. process has been a little bit less murky for you now okay see what i did there if you are interested in finding out more um, there is loads of stuff on the getting published hub which can really help you there's information about the publishing process articles covering everything from agents how to tackle different genres and how to make writing your living very very exciting so that is on the penguin website they also have a getting published newsletter which is sent out every two months when penguin collate all of the latest industry-wide competitions initiatives as well as sharing tips from writers and published professionals. So you need to get on that. That needs to be on your inbox right now. It's a matter of urgency. You can find everything at penguin.co.uk slash getting published. And you can also sign up to the newsletter there. So that's that's your hub. That's where you're going next. You've got a direction. Go out and get it. Thank you so much for listening and good luck with your writing process. I can't wait to see your books on the shelves. <laughs> <laughs>